Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. It's David Noble filling in for Aaron Flint. We've got open phones the entire hour. Uh, nothing on the schedule, no guests, just me and you and open phones, 406-294-0970. Uh, Representative Rosendale's kicking off a year in review. Um, highlights his work to restore regular order to Congress, increase energy production, secure the border. Uh, Rosendale has kicked off his Rosendale review to share some of the wins he secured. Um, and we're going to be getting more of these updates um, and, and so here's the first one. In quote, in January, I fought hard to restore regular order to Congress by passing a rules package that enabled every member to represent their constituents better. I'm proud to say the regular order has been restored to the House. Uh, he goes on, quote, Biden's war on domestic energy has devastated our economy and national security. That's why I've spent the year fighting to restore our nation's energy dominance. And then, of course, Representative Rosendale addresses the elephant in the room. Quote, the invasion taking place at our southern border due to Biden's deliberate open border policies is a violation of the Constitution. We must secure the border and hold the administration accountable. Right now, folks, there's the biggest caravan all year headed towards the United States. And Tester's not doing anything about it. Biden's not doing anything about it. We've just got a massive caravan uh, headed our way. Here's from the New York Post. Massive migrant caravan heading to the U.S.-Mexico border is the largest in over a year. Up to 15,000 people. 15,000 people in this caravan, and they're going to come here, and Biden's going to let him in. And John Tester's going to let him right in, too, and give him their little court date in 2031 and, and then release him into the interior of the country. That's what we're dealing with right now. Let's go to Gail in Columbus. Gail, thanks for calling. Yeah, hi. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Same to you. Um, well, I am with the Stillwater Republican women, and we're taking a stand to get Tester out of office by getting the word out, by selling bumper stickers that benefit our scholarships. Um, they're $2 each, and we like to put them on the back window right behind the driver's seat where it's highly visible and plant the seed. But um, we have a, a Facebook page for Stillwater Republican. Women, it gives you the information concerning how to get in touch with me. Officers need to get these out all over the state. You know, our, they say tester equals deep state and tester equals swamp rat. I like and, it. Yeah, and I think if everybody stood up and just, you know, um, send a hundred bucks here for our scholarship fund and we could send out, uh, you know, both kinds of. Uh, all right, we're up, whoever. we're up against the break. So people just go to Stillwater County Republican Women on Facebook. Is that the best way? I think that's the best way, yeah. And uh, we all need to uh, support this and get him out. Amen, amen. All right, we're going to go to a break. Uh, feel free to call in. We'll be right back. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, here's another here's another little feel good story for you, folks. In California, 
in California, they give illegal aliens driver's licenses, and they also allow illegal aliens to become police officers. And uh, Los Angeles is now wanting these illegal alien police officers to carry guns all the time, 24-7. Think about it. In 2022, California passed a law allowing those authorized to work in the U.S. under Obama's DACA executive order, who are here illegally, to become police officers. Um, And now, uh, under state and federal law, illegal immigrants are prohibited from having firearms. Um, However, they can carry guns while they're working as police officers. The L.A. Board of Police Commissioners unanimously approved a policy detailing how illegal aliens can carry their firearms off the job based on the fact that a police officer is effectively on duty 24-7. So, folks, get ready. Get ready to have illegal al- armed, armed illegal aliens with guns coming to your house to take your guns away because that's also what they do um, in California is they take away the guns of their own citizens. Um, we got 15,000 uh, illegal aliens in a caravan heading our way. Joe Biden doing nothing about it. Um, we've got Joe Biden and John Tester uh, transferring $280 billion from Medicare prescription drug programs uh, to the electric vehicle boondoggle. Uh, and that is happening right now. Big story in The Federalist about that. $280 billion that could have gone to reduce prescription drug prices for seniors is now instead going to the EVs. There's a story about how every EV that gets sold from Lucid, which is one of these startup EV car manufacturers, costs the company 400 and some thousand dollars. Ford, every single EV that Ford sells, they lose thousands of dollars on it. Um, and, and you know how much it costs to, to fuel up an electric vehicle, to recharge an electric vehicle? If you actually do an equivalency uh, to, what, to, to gas-powered vehicles and you take into account all these federal government subsidies and everything, $17 a gallon. $17 a gallon to fill up um, one of these uh, deals, uh, one of these CC or one of the, yeah, one of these CCP vehicles, because that's the other thing. Um, the CCP uh, is benefiting massively from, from all of this stuff. Um, and, and the CCP is actually spending money. The CCP is actually um, fun, uh, funding some of these global warming things in the United States. I got a story right here from Fox News about how the the CCP is using TikTok and other organizations that are tied to the CCP to push this global warming narrative, to push all of the EVs because China is benefiting massively uh, from it. Meanwhile, China is building a new coal-fired power plant pretty much every day or at least once a week. Um, Here's another disturbing sort of article that's a theme of something that I talk about a lot, which is... Democrat dark money giant behind the anti-Israel protests has scored $81 million in our taxpayer dollars. So there's an influential left-wing dark money group that's propping up anti-Israel activism, and they've pocketed massive amounts of taxpayer grants, um, according to the Washington Examiner. The Tides Center funds organizations behind Hamas sympathetic protests, held after Hamas's terrorist attack, helped shape the progressive agenda with the financial backing 
of Bill Gates and George Soros. Uh, but the Democrat charity, sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars in assets, also retains another key supporter, and that's you, the taxpayer. Uh, the federal government steered more than $81 million to the Tides Center between 2006 and 2023. Uh, the U.S. government extensive support for the Tides Center is a window into how taxpayer dollars regularly flow to charities closely affiliated with the anti-Israel movement. And that's not all, folks. It's not just these anti-Semite, anti-Israel groups that are getting taxpayer dollars. It's all these other non left-wing nonprofits that are getting our money, and then they're using it to attack us. We are funding NGOs to attack us. Look at the groups. Look at the groups that challenged a lot of these Montana laws. Look at the groups that challenged uh, Montana's voter uh, ID law, voter secure uh, votes, uh, election security laws. Those groups are also receiving taxpayer dollars. So if you're out there paying taxes, if you're working hard, and you're paying taxes, well, you're you're funding through your taxes. You're funding a tax on yourself. Um, really, really, really disturbing um, stuff. So uh, meanwhile, I wanted to talk about the Joe Biden corruption. I don't know if people know the how obvious it is that Joe Biden is corrupt. Two examples. Number one, uh, Yakarina Batarina, or some, some, some name like that, some Russian oligarch, former mayor of Moscow. You maybe remember the story about how Joe Biden or the Biden family members received millions from this, the former mayor of Moscow, this Russian oligarch. So Hunter Biden, you know, through the, through the 20 or 30 shell companies that he's got set up that, that funnels cash to Joe Biden, we've got the checks. I got, I'm, I'm actually looking at a copy of a check right now from Sarah and, Sarah and James Biden to Joseph Biden for $200,000, March 1st, 2018. I'm looking at a copy of the check. We got the check. I got a check right here. $200,000 to Joe Biden. So anyway, Joe, Hunter Biden gets millions from this Russian oligarch. And then when Joe Biden announces the sanctions on Russian oligarchs after Russia invaded Ukraine, guess who was missing from the sanctions list? That very same oligarch. What do you know? If that's not direct, clear-cut, Exhibit A evidence of Joe Biden's corruption, I don't know what is. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana. Statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. So the other the other big story that kind of basically proves Joe Biden is corrupt is that we now have evidence that Joe Biden received 10 percent of a payment that was going to the same shell company that Hunter Biden had said uh, or, or that the emails had showed that Hunter Biden was holding 10 percent for the big guy. And Tony Bobulinski had clearly testified that the big guy uh, referred to Joe Biden. And then lo and behold, there was a $400,000 payment to a shell company. And then 10% of that, $40,000, went to Joe Biden. And again, we have the copy of the check. Um, and, and so there's clear-cut evidence. And so Ted Cruz does a podcast, and he's recently done a three-part uh, uh, series with um, – 
with uh, Representative James Comer, chairman of the Oversight Committee, who's kind of leading the congressional investigation into some of these issues. And, and so highly recommend checking out that Ted Cruz podcast with James Comer, the three-part series. Goes into all of this stuff, but it's, it's, it's pretty clear-cut. Um, you know, Joe Biden was clearly benefiting from from all of these uh, all of these different uh, influence peddling schemes. Um, here's a story that makes me want to vote for Trump so badly from the blaze. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau warns that Trump will thwart climate alarmist initiatives. Uh, Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau lashed out. At Trump in an interview warning that the Republican will thwart the climate alarmist grand designs if he wins in 2024. <laughs> so, again, wonderful. Is he is he trying to get Americans to vote for Trump? Does Justin Trudeau want Americans to vote for Trump? Because telling us that Donald Trump is going to put an end to all of the climate alarmist nut job uh, policies like this EV mandate and the EV insanity, which is a disaster. Thousands and thousands and thousands of EVs just piled up at lots. Nobody wants to buy them. They can't sell them. They're cutting prices. They still can't sell them. But uh, but yeah, I guess it's a bad thing if if uh, you know Donald Trump gets in there and, and thwarts the climate alarmism. Um, so uh, apparently, sixty nine percent of Canadians want Justin Trudeau to resign. Uh, which is kind of funny. Maybe maybe this one has something to do with it. Trudeau is now providing free tampons in men's restrooms on Parliament Hill in Canada. Oh, my goodness. This is like a, a I guess this is a woke update of the day. There, you could literally do these woke update stories every day. It's so absurd. Uh, Justin Trudeau uh, has put free menstrual products in the men's restrooms in Parliament Hill, uh, thanks to a new policy adopted by the Trudeau government. Uh, free pads and tampons must be placed in all men's restrooms in federal workplaces in Canada. The regulations specify that menstrual products must be in all toilet rooms regardless of their marked genders. This means that every male identified and all gender toilet room will need to have menstrual products so there you go folks coming to the u.s very very soon very very soon to be happening here in montana uh, especially with people like joe biden and john tester um in charge here's another here's another little wonderful story over a thousand illegal aliens overflow the eagle pass apprehension site as facility reaches capacity illegal immigrants outside with silver emergency blank Blankets had been there for over 24 hours awaiting processing, just completely overwhelming the system. And, and of course, Joe Biden and John Tester are fully on board with it. Uh, there was shocking video footage coming out of Eagle Pass, uh, just like there's shocking footage of this 15,000-person strong caravan that's got some leftist activist leading the thing. And they say they're coming, and they're not stopping, and they're coming to the United States. And then you, you watch these interviews of these illegal aliens as they cross the border, and they're so entitled. They're so arrogant, and they, they, feel, they feel that they have a right to, to illegally immigrate to this country and to take advantage uh, of our country. It's, it's really infuriating stuff. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, a thousand illegal aliens uh, um, waiting and sleeping outside in winter temperatures 
at a makeshift migrant apprehension site in Eagle Pass. That's what's happening. That's what's going on. Here's another thing that's going on out there with the Wokesters. Michigan parents have had to sue, sue a school district for a gender swap on their art, autistic daughter without telling them. Now, remember, this is actually what triggered uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis actually taking action in Florida uh, was, was these stories coming out here in the United States where schools were, were switching genders of students and then hiding it from the parents. And this is apparently still going on, still happening. Um, this is uh, from uh, Post Millennial. The parents of an autistic daughter are suing a Michigan school district for using male pronouns to address their female child without consent. Um, they found out that the Rockford Public School District had been using he, him pronouns to refer to their eighth grade daughter. The lawsuit claims the school violated the First and Fourteenth Amendment rights of the parents by using male pronouns and a masculine name for their child. Um, the Meads had found out about this when a school psychologist included a masculine name for the child in a report. Um, so, again, they were purposefully hiding it. They just sort of let it slip that actually um, actually, something is uh, going on here. But it makes you kind of wonder, what do you think would happen here in Montana with a lawsuit like that? I mean, we just got... We just got the Montana Supreme Court ruling saying that school mask mandates are totally fine. School mask mandates don't infringe on anybody's rights. Um, so I, I, it makes you wonder what they would say about this little incident. Uh, Joe Biden emailed Hunter Business Associate 54 times in 2014 alone. Again, a, a post-millennial. It's amazing. I, I prepare for this. I prepare for this show. And... Man, there's just not a lot of interesting news from the mainstream media. It's all just garbage. It's all just trash. It's all fake. It's all just biased. And there's a lot to be said um, about biased news media. We could do show after show after show after show just going through mainstream media and pointing out the bias, which is absolutely an important thing to do. I've heard some people say, oh, you conservative commentators, like, oh, you guys – ever talk about is how biased the media is and blah, 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 and you, you know, we all know, we've all heard. Well, the reality is, is there's still a lot of people out there that actually trust the media. You see that in, in the way they vote. You see that in um, polling data, uh, all those other stuff. So until, until we're able to educate the American voters out there that the mainstream media are a bunch of lying scumbags, until that time happens... Until every American is informed about the, the lies and the bias and the misinformation coming out of the media, we're going to have to continue to talk about it. Newly released records from House Republicans have revealed that Joe Biden exchanged emails with a business associate of Hunter Biden 54 times while he served as vice president. So... Uh, that doesn't really match up with, with Joe Biden's kind of stories that he's been telling us, does it? And this is according to NBC News. The records describe the dates of the emails as well as who exchanged them, but do not reveal the content of the messages. I'm sure that was redacted. I'm sure that was redacted. Um, also, have we have we really processed this, I, this fact that we now know that Joe Biden was using pseudonyms, fake names, do we do we do we all realize that 
that Joe Biden was using fake names when he was vice president and communicating with Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's business associates using fake names and fake email addresses. Um, that alone seems to me to be quite a big uh, red flag issue. I'm not sure why that hasn't. I mean, again, if we had an honest, honest media, if we had an honest media, that would be the number one story for a long time. The fact that the president of the United States was using fake names and fake email addresses to communicate with his corrupt son and all of these enemies and communists from overseas who are giving his son millions of dollars. This is insane. How has Joe Biden not been impeached, removed and barred from office? Unbelievable. VP Biden emailed Eric Schwerin five times before Biden took a trip to Ukraine in 2014. 27 emails were sent between the end of June to November 2014 when Biden traveled to Ukraine once again. They occurred leading up to and following Hunter being named to the Burisma board. Of course, a White House spokesperson declined to comment, but noted statements by House Democrats that Schwerin had worked as Joe Biden's financial advisor between 2009 and 2017. Oh, as if that's a good thing. Somehow that's somehow that's a positive thing for Joe Biden. The fact that one of Hunter Biden's business associates was his previously his financial advisor, I don't think that's as positive a news story for Joe Biden as he seems to think. I, I, I really don't um, don't believe that. Remember when everybody was really, really upset about Trump saying that these illegal aliens are poisoning the blood? Well, apparently 42% of GOP Iowa caucus goers say that Trump's remarks make them more likely to support Trump. 42% of Iowa Republican caucus goers said that Trump's recent remarks about immigrants poisoning the blood, and not, not just immigrants, illegal aliens poisoning the blood of the country makes them more likely to support him. And that's a Des Moines Register NBC News poll. Um, so, huh, I guess, guess that one backfired on the media, just like a lot of these other deals. Um, what else is going on out there? Uh, should we remove Biden from the ballot? That's another question we can debate. Should Biden be allowed to be on the ballot? Good question. Um, the Senate talking about the Ukraine funding. That's out there. Uh, Colorado. Uh, maybe maybe Colorado gave a surprise gift to Trump. That's a question some people are asking. Apparently, the Michigan Supreme Court just today denied a, a similar lawsuit against Trump in Michigan. Most of these lawsuits have failed, folks. That's the one bit of good news. This is where Montana talks ag with Lane Nordland. It has been a very open winter so far across Montana and the West. So what will El Nino bring us in the new year? USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says a lot of what we've already been seeing. We're looking at the time period from January 2nd through 8th of 2024. We expect the relatively mild conditions to continue as we head into the new year. Near or above normal temperatures across the majority of the country, cooler than normal conditions will be confined primarily to the southeast. And that's largely due to persistent cloud cover helping to hold down temperatures. So moving to the precipitation outlook from January 2nd through the 8th, we do expect our wettest conditions across the southern half of the country stretching eastward from California 
California, all the way through the southern plains, into the Gulf Coast states, into the southern Atlantic coast. Meanwhile, the northern half of the country, we are expecting mostly near or below normal precipitation. Greatest likelihood of having drier than normal conditions will be the Great Lakes and northeastern states. That is a forecast that is a classic El Nino forecast with wetter conditions to the south, milder and drier conditions as you head to the northern U.S. Livestock producers are definitely appreciating this open winter, not having to feed too much hay, but we're still all crossing our fingers that beneficial moisture will be coming in the weeks and months ahead. I'm Lane Northland. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. David Noble filling in for Aaron Flint Noble with a K. You can find me online at LectureFan, L-C-T-R-F-A-N. I'm also an attorney here in Billings. Let's go to Arnie in Boyd. Arnie, thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah. Say, uh, I just called about uh, the immigrant and the thing that's going to happen. You know, America's never been hungry. They come close, pretty close to it during the Depression, a lot of them there, but the rest of us, I've never seen when there ain't no food uh, to feed ourselves and our families and our friends. But when that happens, all hell's going to break loose. And uh, them illegals and anybody in them big cities that don't have nothing, because they don't have no storage spaces, they're coming to us. They're coming out here in the, the, the farmland and stuff like that in the suburbs. So uh, people better be... Uh, Gunned up, bullets up, and be ready. I mean, it's going to be hard to shoot somebody that's that uh, wanting food. But if you're protecting your family, is what you for is what you'd have your guns and ammunition for. And then another deal is we all need to be on the phone to that Mike Johnson, you know, the head of the Congress there, and and telling them to stop this giveaway of all American tax money. That's it. Hold on. So, Arnie, but, but let me let me ask you this, though. So before before we ever get to that point where you're talking about total chaos and we don't have enough food, what we're going to have is is long lines at the hospital and, and none of us are going to be able to have medical treatment. Um, you look at, for example, look at the ER wait times in California. It's five hours. You know, you, you, you're an American citizen. You go to the ER in California. You're waiting five hours uh, to be seen because of all the illegal aliens uh, there. I think you're going to start to see that stuff. So we're, there's going to be a lot of bad consequences before we ever get to, the, to that bad. You, you agree with that? Well, yeah, I, you know, it's but the that could happen. But the food supply could happen overnight. I mean, you know, nobody grows food or anything in the cities or anywhere. They don't even know how to grow a garden or all that. So, you know, the stores, it's just like that. You know, in three days on the corona deal and the stores were out of, out of food, I mean, it could happen immediately. That was one thing that that the COVID lockdowns taught us was just how quickly the store shelves can end up empty. Yeah, and that's when when, when uh, all hell's going to break loose because you get somebody that's hungry, they do stuff that they wouldn't ever do. No, I think that's right, and I, I think most Montanans, uh, if you don't already own a gun, it's a bunch of guns and a bunch of ammo, I think most people are, are right there with you thinking now's the time to do it. Moreover, look at what happened in Israel. And then, and then uh, on October 7th, 
Hamas launches this terrorist attack, and a lot of the Israeli citizens didn't have guns in their homes. Uh, so what I, I did see an article about how after after October 7th, suddenly all the Israeli citizens were out there uh, trying to buy guns. And, and I, I guess you got to get government approval in Israel to own a gun, but they're all seeking it, which makes perfect sense. And considering how many illegal aliens are streaming across our border, over 10,000 a day, over 8 million just under Biden, you're looking at probably 50 million, 60 million um, maybe a hundred million illegal aliens in our country. We had no idea who these people are. Um, Hezbollah sleeper cells, Hamas sleeper cells. Um, I do not think it would be wise to 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 not own a gun um, and ammo and have it in your house and have it ready to use. Um, Arnie, you mentioned the other thing about the spending fight coming up. Apparently, we've got a deadline here uh, in in mid to late January for these spending bills, and you know it's. Uh, this is an issue that the Republicans can win on. It really annoys me that they cave all the time. John Jackson was on last hour predicting the Republicans are going to cave and pass another CR or another omnibus or whatever. Give the give Biden the whatever he wants. Get pass all the Pelosi policies again. Fund it fully. It's insane that they do it. They're funding their own destruction. They're funding their attacks on themselves. Um, the Republicans in Congress have vote for these things, but. Why can't the Republicans go to the American people and say, we will fund the government up until the funding reaches the level of how much we're bringing in in taxes? In other words, we're going to balance the budget. They need to pass. They need to pass a bill that funds the U.S. military and the other critical functions of the federal government and basically defunds everything else and balances the budget. And then you go to the American people and say, hey, we've passed this funding package. It balances the budget. Biden won't sign it, and the Democrats in the Senate won't pass it. And take, and then the government's going to shut down. And you take that fight to the American people, and you win that because the American people would like to see a balanced budget. But now, you know, that's my strategy. Of course, that's never going to happen. Uh, the, the Republicans in Congress, I don't think they have the guts uh, to, to really to, to do a shutdown and, and to take that fight to the American people. Never mind the fact that they would probably win it if they did. Um, let's go to Steve and Anaconda. Steve, thanks for calling. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Great. How about you? Great. You're an attorney. I want to ask you a question here about the 14th Amendment. Okay. Right under the business in Section 3, which refers to uh, the insurrection, yep. is Section 5, which says... The Congress shall have the power to enforce, by appropriate legislation, the provisions of this article. And I haven't heard anybody talking about this. Well, there have been people talking about it because that's one of the okay. primary. That's one of the primary legal arguments against this Colorado decision. Is is that hold on? The Colorado Supreme Court doesn't get to 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 create the entire structure behind enforcing this provision of the Fourteenth. That's up to Congress, and Congress hasn't done it and so it, it, it you know it can't be done by the colorado supreme court that's one of the main legal arguments against the colorado supreme court decision yeah i think it's really important well it, 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 yeah i mean it does not give the states any rights of course of course and, and, and it doesn't make sense and there's a textual argument too where you and you you read the provision it says congress shall have the power to enforce that section it doesn't say that congress you know you know can enforce it if they want, but states can as well. No, Congress has the power. That means that Congress has the only 
power. And, of course, it makes perfect sense, um, right, Steve? It makes perfect sense why you would not want to have states deciding who's an insurrectionist or not. And Alan Dershowitz made this point, you know, one of the, one of the great lawyers in, in the United States. But he made the point um, that basically uh, it wouldn't make sense to allow states or state Supreme Courts to implement the insurrectionist clause of the 14th Amendment. Because here's why. Do you think, do you think after the Civil War in the 1870s, do you think Alabama and Mississippi would have faithfully interpreted that section? No, of course not. So, of course, they made it so Congress would have to. And, and here, here's the other thing. In order to have a provision like that be enforced, you have to have a process set up. You have to have standards. You have to have some kind of system. Now, some people are saying, well, Trump can't be uh, removed from the ballot under that section because he's never been convicted of, of a crime of insurrection. And that's true. He's never been convicted of a crime of insurrection. But, you know, neither were, neither were, at least correct me if I'm wrong out there, folks, I don't believe that uh, a lot of the Confederate military officers were ever convicted of a, the crime of insurrection. Okay, so it doesn't, necess- it doesn't strike me as the most compelling argument that you would have to be first convicted of the crime for that provision to apply because clearly it applied to the Confederate, some Confederate military officers who were never convicted. But that just raises the whole point, which is that Congress was supposed to pass laws implementing that section and, infor- and, and, and authorizing enforcement and setting forth procedures and setting forth standards and setting forth what needs to be proven and where and when and how and why. And that's something that Congress could have done. Congress could have gone and said, you know, hey, look, we're going to we're going to implement this this clause of the 14th Amendment. And, and the way we're going to do it is we're going to make it so it, in order to be prevented from being on a ballot, you must be convicted of a crime of insurrection by a jury, uh, etc. Congress could have done that and that would have been perfectly fine. Or Congress could have passed a law that says this provision applies only in situations where somebody has engaged in conduct that is similar to what the Confederates did in the Civil War, the American Civil War. And that's frankly, I think, probably what the founders of the or the, the authors of the 14th Amendment really intended. They intended that provision to apply to situations that were similar to the American Civil War. That's what it is for. It's to prevent people who have taken an oath to uphold the U.S. Constitution and then engaged in a civil war against the Constitution. Those people should not be able to hold office or be on ballots, etc. But think about that. Is what Donald Trump did akin to the American Civil War, to what the Confederacy did? No, of course not. It's it's outlandish. It's completely absurd. So no matter, and there's a whole bunch of other legal arguments, by the way, against this. I've just touched on a few of them here. Um, Alan Dershowitz has made a great podcast about it. But there's a whole bunch of them, which is why almost all of these cases have been thrown out and rejected nationwide, except for Colorado. Just today, the Michigan Supreme Court rejected one of these legal arguments. It's, it's, obviously, it's obviously incorrect what Colorado's done.
Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. That last segment raised the question about what would it look like to go to war with the U.S. Constitution? What could we point to today that would be similar to somebody taking an oath to uphold the Constitution and then going to war against the Constitution? Hmm. I think we all have something in mind. Uh, By the way, Kamala Harris celebrated a Kwanzaa, which is literally a made-up holiday founded by a criminal black nationalist who explicitly wanted a non-white Christmas alternative and that's what Kamala Harris is uh, is is is. I, I've seen all, I've seen this about Kwanzaa a whole bunch, and I don't know if you folks know this about Kwanzaa. Maybe somebody out there knows more about Kwanzaa than I do. I don't really know much about Kwanzaa. I kept hearing about how um, there was, and there was something in the Washington Post about it as well uh, about the found, the guy that made this thing up and sort of how how horrible of a person he was and what his intentions were with it. It's not a real holiday, and they use like a menorah, like as if it's Hanukkah. Really, really bizarre. But I wasn't sure if all of this stuff about Kwanzaa was really true or not. Uh, But the Daily Caller has an article out today about Kamala Harris tweeting out uh, celebrations for the holiday of Kwanzaa, which was founded by a black nationalist convicted of torturing women. He literally tortured women. Happy Kwanzaa, tweeted Vice President Harris. Um, imagine, imagine tweeting that out. Um, Kamala Harris was born two years prior to the creation of Kwanzaa. <laughs> so, so literally, Kamala Harris was born two years before uh, Kwanzaa became a thing. Um, President Biden also... Um, acknowledged the made-up holiday of Kwanzaa, which is literally an anti-Christian, anti-Christmas, anti-white, black nationalist, woman torturer created, made-up, quote-unquote holiday. The whole, oh, this was hilarious. <laughs> oh, I saw this. I saw this meme where it was it was some you know regular American saying Merry Christmas to somebody, and then this this leftist progressive says. Oh, I don't. I'm not religious, so I don't. I don't celebrate Christmas. So, so I say Happy Holidays, and then and then the other person says, "Well, do you know that holiday comes from Holy Day? Holiday. The word holiday refers to a holy day, which is a religious holiday reference. So even if you're saying Happy Holidays, you're really just saying Happy Holy Day. Oh, so you actually are basically." celebrating a religious holiday even when you say happy holiday because holiday comes from holy day which i thought was just hilarious these leftists have no clue what they're doing but kwanzaa was actually created in 1966 by milana ron karenga born ronald everett as a pan-african celebration of black values history community and culture according to the smithsonian institute Karenga was deeply anti-Christian and intended for the holiday to replace Christmas for blacks as he thought of Christianity as a white religion, which, of course, it's not. Uh, a black, at, the, at the same time, they're telling us that Jesus was a Palestinian, that Jesus was an Asian, all of this stuff. But, but, but no, no, but, but actually, they're also telling us it's a white holiday. It's like, 
would you leftist Democrats stop being so obsessed with race, uh, please? But why, you know, this, this whole Kwanzaa thing, these leftist Democrats, they want to replace all of our holidays. They hate the holidays. They're doing the same thing with July 4th. They, they want to get rid of July 4th and replace it with Juneteenth. They want to get rid of Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is a quote-unquote white nationalist holiday. Thanksgiving is a white supremacist holiday. Thanksgiving is actually a religious holiday, too, where you're supposed to give thanks to God. Um, Christmas, obviously a religious holiday. Federal holiday, by the way, in federal statute in the U.S. Code. Christmas Day, a federal holiday based on the Christian religion. Oh, and by the way, the year 2023, heading into 2024, where does that come from? Oh, 2,023 years since Jesus Christ was born. The leftists love that. Let's go to Candy in Missoula. Candy, thanks for calling. Yes, hi, Dave. Um, I was going to ask the question, who has the authority to proclaim an insurrection? Well, because Congress has never passed any statutes implementing that provision of the 14th Amendment, I don't think anybody... I think the president, the sitting president, can do that under military law. Okay, good point. That's a good, that is a good point. Okay. So, and so the sitting yes. president was Donald Trump. That's a great point, Candy. Very good point. Yeah, because you think about it, if an insurrection is an attempt to overthrow the government, obviously it would be the president who would be the head of trying to stop that just like the president was abraham president link abraham lincoln was the head of uh, and the leader of trying to prevent uh the the south from winning in the civil war so you're right it would be the president that's that's a really good point so so <laughs> donald trump must have engaged in an insurrection against himself who 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 could have ever thought wow wow donald trump the insurrection of Donald Trump. He was actually fighting himself. He was trying to overthrow himself. What a bizarre, bizarre turn of events. Um, so anyway, folks, don't celebrate Kwanzaa. It's made up. It's got a negative history. They're trying to use it to attack Christians and Christmas and get rid of it. Just like they're trying to use Juneteenth to get rid of the July 4th. The real Independence Day of America is Juneteenth, according to these leftist Democrats. I'll be back tomorrow, folks. Don't miss it. David Noble in for Aaron Flint.